0: Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world.
1: Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom.
0: And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man.
1: We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible
0: we can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome back to Courageous Parenting. How's it going? Hey, everybody. Oh, good, important topic. You know, Courageous Parenting is not just about what we're teaching them today. Mm -hmm. It's about the purpose of teaching them the right things today and equipping our kids for when they launch, whether it's Mm -hmm. five, 10, 15 years from now, Right. and what will the world be like then. And we don't know for sure, but you know Mm some trends. Mm -hmm. And so it's more important than ever to be a courageous parent.
1: That's right. And so today we are gonna be talking about instilling work ethic in an entitled world. What does that mean? To be an entitled world, Isaac?
0: Well, a lot of people are seeing this, that the generations, the younger generations are becoming more and more entitled, believing they are owed something without working for it. Right. So in that attitude... Um, you, you, you what used to maybe be called spoiled or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. or an aspect of that is now becoming normalized mm-hmm. where we're just entitled to things. We believe we should have things whether we make the money or not. Right. And that is uh, a growing challenge. And there's things coming down the road that uh, could just perpetuate this. So it's so important to instill work ethic in your family more so than ever. And it's not like we're all in farms. Some of you might be we're a little jealous of that. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But um, where it's easier to have your kids learn that work ethic. So we're going to talk about practical ways you can do that today. And some of the pitfalls you may not realize um, of creating entitlement in your kids.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because this can happen very subtly. Yeah. Um but I think parents need to realize that instead of okay, so here's here's a word blame shifting. Yeah. And I think it's amazing to me. I hear blame shifting even from older generations mm-hmm. instead of taking ownership over the consequences of their parenting and how their their adult children even mm-hmm. are acting a certain way or have beliefs that are a certain um, way, Mm -hmm. a lot of older people will blame the education system. They'll blame the church. They'll blame, 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 blame. They play the blame game instead of recognizing that actually it was their jurisdiction to raise their kids and to teach them politics, faith, all of those things. And that, yeah, maybe the education system did teach their kids socialism, for example. Right. But – They are actually held responsible because they allowed their kids to go to that school and be taught that. And they didn't teach them at home. And so I think that as parents, no matter what generation we're a part of, we need to be humble. This is a sanctifying thing to say, you know what? Yeah, this is on me. This is my sin as a parent. If my kid is living a certain way. Now, your kids grow up, they become older. They're fully responsible for their own convictions and Mm -hmm. beliefs and being in alignment with God's word or not. And if they believe God or not, like they're not going to be saved or not saved based upon what you do or don't do as a parent, right? Mm -hmm. However, we need to have a humble heart attitude and even repent to God. If we have failed to do what he called us to do in raising our kids, the way and he it's calls not only to, what
0: we raise them to do; it's what the influences we allow them to have are how that having
1: impact impacting totally. them. Yes. and
0: when it's such a large and increasing part of our population believes that socialism mm-hmm. is a good thing, that should that actually should scare you a little bit. This is not fear-based parenting, but that kind of concept should be a little bit concerning, you know, especially if you right. look at what's going on in Venezuela, have lots of relatives that are, are there, less so nowadays, they've moved out if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is horrific what socialism is doing There've in Venezuela. There have
1: been many countries that were socialistic. Yeah. And the freedoms that are taken away are more bountiful than the the actual freedoms that people get to, ex- to experience. Yeah. And in Christ, we here in America we actually haven't really experienced a lot of persecution right. to be perfectly honest if you yeah. were to compare the persecution in America to any other country everyone would be like hands down yeah America hasn't really experienced persecution oh, really I love for our their country faith.
0: it's absolutely and, amazing
1: and there are times when we experience persecution mm-hmm. as Christians the Bible says that we should expect sure. that right however we need to have a biblical perspective, on this topic and realizing the war that we are actually in yeah. to be raising our kids biblically. And this is a really um, foundational issue, actually, because mm-hmm. instilling work ethic is foundational for the integrity of a person's life throughout their whole life. Yeah, Because God actually created us for work
0: yeah, now right. imagine a day. So this day could be coming. And you know, I'm going to talk about universal income for a second. This is something that's been talking about for a long time. Switzerland tried to pass a law where everybody mm. would get $2500 a month, every single person whether they did anything or mm. not, and it was out of their control. And you might think, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Well, actually, what does that create inside people to get something for free? like that every single month. And the reason this is being talked about, I even was part of a local business meeting where there's a whole bunch of business leaders there In a lot in the tech world and so forth to understand machine learning, to understand artificial intelligence and automation and where that is going. And they're talking about how in the future there will be need to just to give everybody a check every single month because a lot of jobs will, you know, disappear. Let's just look at the Tesla semi trucks that are going to be self-driving soon. That's going to eliminate trucking jobs. Okay. now, can those jobs shift somewhere else? Yes. But increasingly, jobs are going to disappear. And so the belief Mm -hmm. is the government will have to give everybody money. Mm -hmm. So in the future, if that happens, by the way, smart people, Elon Musk, um, Mm -hmm. you know, people I may not agree with, like Obama, have talked about this and uh, and so forth. So this is talked about in regular circles. Right. And this is a reality that might be in our future. So think about now you're raising your kids and they might be in a reality where the government just gives everybody money. Right. Someday.
1: Well, and right now, you know, in some countries, like in Canada, the education is free, even into higher education. Yeah. Right. Um, and they are taxed more for that. And there there are free things that people are experiencing now. Obama passed the health care system. There, there are a lot of um, things that the government has provided, increasingly so, over the last hundred years, right, mm-hmm. that actually people don't have to pay for. Technically now and we're not still be taken care of.
0: making an argument here about healthcare That's a big topic. We're not yep. going to pick sides on yep. that at the moment but what she's saying is there is something causing this entitled belief that extends beyond basic care and things right. like that Yes, because of course
1: we want people to be taken care of. Yeah, but what is the heart attitude behind it? Yep. That's my point, right? Yep. Like do we think oh I should get this for free like and do we have this bitter? attitude about it in this kind of snarky, arrogant, like I deserve it kind of attitude, or is there like thankfulness and gratitude and oh, a yeah. humble heart posture? Yeah. That's what we're talking about here, right? And so th- in regards to an entitled world. Yeah. Um, And when it comes to instilling work ethic, it's something that you actually have to be proactively doing with your kids.
0: Nonstop, yeah. You
1: guys, this is the thing that um, when Isaac and I were talking about this particular topic and preparing for today, something dawned on me. Isn't it? our human nature to not want to work. It's yes. our human nature to not have to work. It's our human nature to want to avoid any kind an of easy suffering life, right? or pain. No, please don't <laughs> right? give me an
0: easy life. That would be but horrible. think
1: about it. I mean, that goes into absolutely every area of our lives. Yeah. We live in a papa pill society that it's like the minute that you feel pain it's like quick pop a pill i don't want to experience any pain it goes into every area of our lives this entitlement this quick fix this versus like stopping reflecting praying Going, Lord, would you have to teach me in this? Yeah. Do I need to be humble? Yeah. And so while, I, while this you, is going to be a great time. While
0: you pull up a verse, I just want to <laughs> say thank you to everybody uh, for on iTunes or anywhere else that you've given us a, a review. Those written reviews, we read every one. The five stars is awesome too. All you have to do is tap it and it gives us a five star review on iTunes. And that helps the algorithms get us in the top list. Not for our glory, but for God's glory, mm-hmm. uh, that this would touch more people. You might know this, but we have a 1 million legacy movement um that the whole goal is to impact one million families and their legacies and so it's uh we're committed to it we're dedicated to it uh we pour into it every single week and uh and we're excited and we appreciate all the feedback we're getting mm-hmm. uh by the way at courageous is where you can get all the show notes scripture references any resources we mentioned whether they're free or things that are for sale other books anything else we mention we'll always put them there there's a video of this episode too i would love to have you go there by the way um, you can get the free Courageous Parenting Workshop there, which over 2,000 families have now gone through, and everybody loves it. That's it's completely exciting. free, yeah. and it also gives you a little inside look in the Parenting Mentor Program uh, mm-hmm. as well.
1: Yeah. So First Timothy 5.8, this is an intense verse. First Timothy 5.8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, mm-hmm. he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And then it continues to talk about widows and there's qualifications for what makes a widow, which is an interesting topic. And I encourage you to go back and read that because everyone Mm -hmm. who died, like if someone dies, right, and their wife is left behind, they're not automatically qualified as a, a widow to get the support of the church, right? And there's qualifications here. But this is specifically a warning. Yeah. A warning for men. And women taking care of their children, right? And the reason why we wanted to share this particular verse was because in an entitled world, that's what you're seeing. People not wanting to actually be the one that's earning, working for earning the money that provides for their family. By the
0: way, if you've ever gone through that process where uh, someone lo- your husband loses a job or is, you lose a job um, and you can't provide at the moment, um, there's short periods of time where you know that happens to people and right you know we're just not to stay in that spot right, right. Or to we're get to get out of it
1: we're to work hard to get out yeah of it. absolutely and you know what? as the bible talks about biblical community carrying one another's burdens
0: mm-hmm.
1: wow what a powerful opportunity for the church to rise up and Amen. help carry that family Amen. while they're in that season so let's so, talk about
0: signs your kids are entitled so what are some of the signs
1: okay so they don't take it take care of their things Right, like basic stewardship. They don't leave the bike out when it's raining, and then it gets ruined, right? Because it rusts, mm-hmm. right? So, not caring for things, um, maybe not caring for pets, mm. right? Um, another sign that your child is entitled might be um, not respecting how much something costs or yeah. what the value of something is. And this could be played out in a few different ways, right? Like they're always asking for a new thing. They get tired of their toy and they want a new one. And they don't understand that that costs something. Yeah. And that if it costs something, that means mom and dad have to work harder to make more money money.
0: Or they want what their, the table they or see, see their friends have. And then they feel entitled to have whatever their friends have.
1: Right. And so, but this issue with like not understanding the value of something and mm. that it, there's a cost to it and it's not just money because dad worked hard for that money. Yeah. So there's a cost there. Yeah. For every penny that we spend, it's like an extra moment of mom and dad working, right? right? Hey, there was 30 minutes
0: things. of dad's life right there.
1: Right. Or <coughs> even um, when you talk about respecting the value mm. of things. there's a sign that your kid might have an entitlement attitude and not understand the value of things if they're not caring for other people's things, if they're not being respectful of other people's homes when they're visiting. They're drawing on the desk at
0: school. They're vandalizing things.
1: Right. Or they break somebody's toy and they don't actually pay any retribution or, you know, there's no restitution between them because they don't replace it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there are a lot of ways that these that that are signs, I guess, that your kids could be entitled. Another would be having a bad attitude when they're supposed to be doing a chore right like grumbling and complaining while they're making their bed or putting their clothes away in the laundry
0: or manipulating to get something
1: yeah i mean another thing that comes to my mind is like if your child has a lot of clothes right and you're doing the laundry and you ask them to put their clothing away do they have a bad attitude or are they thankful that you did their laundry like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and some might even say and i'm talking about little kids because like for us we have our older kids do their own laundry and we'll be talking about those kinds of chores in a different podcast in the next one we're going to do
0: also a lack of respect for authority could be a sign of a growing entitlement attitude which is they have an independent spirit And I can do what I want, have what I want, can be part of that independent spirit.
1: Totally. And they expect to have, you mentioned this, they expect to have what everyone else has. Like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. like they see a friend with a cell phone or a bike or something and they just are like, well, Susie has it. I want that too. I'm the same age. And I think that it's, um, I think that it's important that we are aware when our child is being I don't know, being weak in the temptation to, to covet what Mm -hmm. other people have. Mm Um, the Bible says very clearly in the Ten Commandments that we're not to be coveting, and we as parents need to be really aware, like, what is what is going on in my child's heart? They're wanting what other people have. That's covetousness. That's jealousy. Um, and that's not biblical. That's something that we actually have to train out of our child because it's yeah. human flesh to cov- covet, right? Oh, yeah. And so it's walking in the Spirit would be rejoicing with someone for something great that they have and not wanting that right
0: in Philippians uh 2:14 through 15 it says do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world a so,
1: crooked generation that's what we're living in yeah it's been a crooked generation since the bible was written i there mean you obviously go. it's it's saying it right there it's warning us we're in a yeah. crooked generation right and so We need to realize like in what ways is our generation crooked today and really be um, Mm -hmm. introspective, realistic, honest even. How has that crooked generation made an impression, maybe even influenced our kids' hearts, our hearts? Even
0: our hearts. We might be leading in ways. And let's talk about that. How Next point is how you as a parent reinforce entitlement. Mm -hmm. And I'll add to that without even knowing it.
1: Well, one way that I think of it would be like putting your kids on a sports team where they celebrate mediocrity and giving everybody a trophy.
0: Yeah. And by the way, if that happens, which has happened to us, I educate my kids afterwards and I go, the way that should have happened is only the top few people should have got trophies. Maybe, you know, different categories, Mm -hmm. um, but definitely a smaller percentage of the whole should have got trophies. Mm -hmm. And the reason they gave everybody trophies because they didn't want to make anybody feel bad. But you know what is important to learn as a kid is how to lose well is equally as important as how to win well.
1: And part of losing well means you're rejoicing with people when they are winning, actually. The Bible says to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Well, can your child be, can you, be proud of another kid that's not your kid and rejoice with them for the goal they made or the basket they made, right? Well, like,
0: in that context, if you're on the same team, I just realized that it's not lo- even losing. It's how do you rejoice, which is right. what you said, and then be okay that you didn't get one mm-hmm. and identify areas yeah. you can improve. Now that's there's right. something to strive for. I'm honest, sober-minded about myself. Mm-hmm. And I can work towards that. And if getting a trophy is something that's interesting to me, Mm -hmm. then I can work hard for it. But when you give everybody a trophy, what is there to work hard for? Right. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get an alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are
1: teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture. this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. So another way that you might potentially be reinforcing entitlement is your own personal example. Okay. What we model Yeah. Right. Do we have an entitlement attitude? You mentioned that briefly. Here's one way. Do you have a respect for authority? Do you allow wise older people to speak into your life or Mm -hmm. are you disrespectful? And if someone calls you out on something, you're like, I can't believe they said that. And like, or do you humbly receive correction? That's one, right? Like I think about this all the time. This is something we talk about in the parenting program. Mm -hmm. If we're expecting our kids to humbly take our correction, Have we placed ourselves in a position of um, submissiveness to authority in our own lives where we are receiving correction and exhortation and rebuke and reproof? Because there are times when we all need it.
0: And often that's a result of an inflated view of ourselves. And people that have Mm -hmm. an inflated view of themselves also then tend to give their kids an inflated view of them. Right. And to where they are thinking too highly of themselves in certain skills, giftings, areas right to where they feel entitled to the trophy the reward being respected yeah when maybe they're not as good as their parents are telling them they are
1: right you know it's interesting because i even think of like the parents who have their kids perform in that situation like um where they're like and, and i'm not saying like doing a dance recital or a piano recital is bad that's not what i mean by perform but what i mean is is your um pride um, expressed for your child verbally and even with your countenance when you have your child performing in front of other people and you're proud of them? Like, is that the only time? And I'm I'm Hmm. emphasizing the only time because it's okay to be like, wow, I'm so proud of you when they do awesome at something. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, you know, you get together with people and they have their kids perform to Mm -hmm. show off, right? Like, is it this this show off i'm going to sh- prove to you kind of thing like that's yeah. not healthy that creates and reinforces something negative in your child's character actually yeah and so there are other ways that we as parents model um entitlement yeah in today's society for example our language about work yeah this is a big big dad's deal. do
0: they see you valuing the importance of working hard Or do they see you complaining about it?
1: Right. Like, and and even moms, you know, whether you're working like in your work in your home, or even if you work outside the home, do you complain about it instead of be thankful that you have a job or that you have kids? Can
0: you imagine a wife saying in front of the kids, I can't believe he works so hard?
1: Right. That's something that we've actually heard. Done marriage counseling. We've heard couples where the yeah. wives were saying, Oh, he just works so hard. And I think to myself, Okay, so two things are going here. Is he escaping to work sure. because he doesn't want to be home? Because that's a totally different issue. Or is there an ungratefulness, an unthankfulness for the actual work that God has given your husband? And do you not understand that's part of his role? Yeah. Right. And that changes things massively when you have a a perspective of thankfulness. Here's an example for me as a mom. For a long time, I struggled with having a bad attitude doing dishes. It was one of my jurisdictions Mm. in the home when we had little kids. And if you guys have read my blog, you know that I've shared this story that I prayed for God to change my attitude so that I would genuinely have a good attitude doing the dishes. Because it's easy to like correct yourself and know that you're supposed to have a good attitude mm-hmm. and put a smile on your face, but like your kids actually know if you're not having a good attitude. So I asked God to actually change my heart towards doing dishes. And one of them, I, I brought this up to one of my mentors at the time. Um, She was my Bible study leader. Mm. And I just said, I'm really, I know this seems so silly, but I'm having a really hard attitude. And I'm starting to see this actually play out in my attitude towards many things that I have to do in my home, not just dishes. And I'm praying for myself. Will you pray for me too? And she said, you know what, Angie, when you look at your dishes, do you even realize what those represent? When you look at the laundry, do you realize what they represent? They represent all of the kids that God's blessed you with. Hmm. And my perspective changed. I think that a lot of times we don't even realize how we have an entitlement attitude based upon our attitude towards the jurisdictions that God's given us to care for.
0: Oh, are we too? And that could lead into, are we too good for certain kinds of work? Totally. That could lead into your yes. kids believing they're too good for certain kinds of work. Mm-hmm. Whereas I want my kids to believe in the value of getting things done and have a servant heart to help with whatever needs to get done. Right. Whether it it's needs cleaning to
1: toilets or feeding a dog or brushing a dog's teeth. Or yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like not so great, icky kind of hard jobs out there, right? Yeah. And if we're just hiring people to do those things for us all the time, what are we learning? What are our kids learning? They're learning that that person is so low that they have to clean my toilet. I'm I'm not that. I'm above that.
0: Now right? I will say we've hired people to do things, and yeah. it's okay. It's the heart behind it, and teaching your yep. kids the reason oh, you're hiring somebody, yep. and valuing and them seeing you incredibly valuing and respecting.
1: That person, even.
0: Those people. Yeah.
1: And so, I mean, there was a season, even like postpartum, and for eight years, actually, when I had a lot of little kids where we had someone come and help me once a a while, once a week for a season, once a month, and just loved her to death. She was such a huge blessing to our family. And we had a lot on our plate. But I will say I still had my kids cleaning. And as soon as they started to have a bad attitude and they were like, oh, you know, she can just do it. I was like, uh, no. And we would take a break from having her come. Or I would have her do other things and make my kids do that. Now,
0: I remember when we had our first house, 10,000 square foot lots. We had a front yard and a backyard, Mm -hmm. normal size. And I hired somebody to do the landscaping every week. He can take care of everything. <laughs> and I was, I, I will be honest, I felt like, well, my time is too important for that. I want to either be working and then spend time with my family. But really, I had an entitlement attitude, actually. Yeah. And then from that house, we moved to the three acres where we did a vineyard and we didn't hire anybody to do our property. No, uh, we all did as a we family. We all did. And God changed my heart. Now, is it bad to have somebody? mow your yard no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying my heart attitude was wrong yeah. when I was hiring somebody to do it and it was so fruitful when I started doing those things with mm-hmm. my kids mm-hmm. and uh, getting in the sometimes dirt together. We
1: don't realize how if we're not talking to our kids about our heart attitudes, they might just think they they might just adopt a selfish heart attitude towards doing those certain things that we've hired people to do if we're not being vigilant to have that conversation with them. And that's the point. Like, it's yeah. not bad to hire someone to clean your house every now and again. I actually promote that in the postpartum oh, course. Yeah. I'm like, save your money during postpartum. Have someone come clean. It's worth it, right? But what is the heart attitude behind it? That's what our whole point is in yeah. this entire episode, you guys. Because if y- if we're trying to get out of doing things with a heart of laziness. Or we're too or good for it. I'm too good for it. Which is pride. Yeah. Or if we're trying to um or we just don't want to work, right? Then there's something there spiritually that yeah. we need to confront and deal with. Um, another another way parents reinforce entitlement with their kids is by doing everything for them.
0: Oh, yeah. I doing all their laundry, doing right. you know, always washing the dishes, cleaning um, up.
1: Yeah. And I think that there's There is something that needs to happen where parents go, okay, right now I'm training my children for the next season in their life. Yeah. I have them for 20% of their life. I've said this before in a different podcast and they have 80% of their life after they live with me. So I have that much time to train them in being good stewards, which is a biblical concept and really owning and being responsible for what they, what they have. And you know what, we were talking to one of our kids and we said, so what What is? Um, what are some signs that you've seen in other people where they maybe had an entitlement attitude and right away they were like, oh, only children a lot of times have this issue. Yeah. And so if you have only one child, and listen, if you have had a hard time having kids and you have that one child, praise God.
0: Yeah, God has a different plan for every family in terms of family size. Every family. But if you have one kid, what Angie's saying is... You need to be extra vigilant to yeah. make sure they're not. In I'm just
1: warning you, as a sister in Christ, I'm warning you right now that you just need to have your uh, rose tinted glasses off and you need to be aware of what's going on in your kids' heart and not giving them everything in the world that they mm-hmm. want. I know we all have one thing in common as parents we want what's best for our kids. Mm-hmm. But What's best for our kids, the world tells us, is to give them everything. And that's actually not what's best for them. What's no. best for them is that they don't get everything. Remember, and they have to work for everything. I remember what Austin
0: when he was little, he must have been seven. And we were at the store together, yeah. just him and I, and he really wanted this toy truck. And the toy truck was like $19. You know, it's a plastic yeah. truck. Um, and he really, really wanted it. And I said, Okay. And I had a moment there where I could have just grabbed it. No big deal, the 20 bucks. Um, But I decided, you know, what is that going to teach him? So I didn't. And I said, I'll find jobs for you to do where you can save up. took him a few weeks. Mm -hmm. He saved up that money. We went and bought that truck. And wow, the appreciation Mm -hmm. factor of that truck because now he knows the value
1: Well, for him, it was like a lot of work. The value was not $20 or however much it cost. It was how much time he spent working was its value. That's right. And that's an important lesson for kids to learn. Yeah. But when we're giving them everything, they don't learn that, right? Yeah. So when the kids are in the the grocery shopping line and they're acting out and they're being loud and they're like, I want that. I want that gum. I want that. And you're just like, okay, I'm just going to get it to keep them quiet. That is the worst thing that you could possibly be doing.
0: They call that in um, uh, they call that anchoring behavior, actually. You're anchoring behavior in your kids to mm. cry out to get a reward.
1: Right You're actually training them and how they and <laughs> how they can get what they want. You know, Proverbs 10:4 says, "He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich.
0: So we really wanted our kids to know what hard work really was. That's why we did the vineyard mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody can do a vineyard. not everybody lives on land. We don't mm-hmm. right now. And we have young kids that aren't mm-hmm. going to experience the vineyard. So we have to fi- figure out what is the vineyard example for them right. uh, to work hard. And so we'll I have mean, to figure those it things has out. has
1: been doing ministry together, actually. The yeah. kids actually help us a lot in different ways, whether it's helping with their younger siblings mm-hmm. and having to babysit and different things. Um, and so I feel like they do work pretty hard. But we definitely like when we see an entitlement attitude starting to sprout its ugly head, we're like, oh. Oh, what kind of jobs can we give them? What are we going to do? There's some leaves that need raking. There are. Yeah. We come up with jobs that Mm -hmm. they can do. We even have them help other people sometimes. But um, here are some ideas for teaching work ethic. Yeah. Okay. So Isaac mentioned that we had planted a vineyard and we had our kids working really hard in that. Um, We also had a small hobby farm, right? Mm -hmm. So we had chickens. Yeah. Pets. We had dog. Pets are a great way for kids to learn responsibility
0: but what do you have we get this a lot what do you do when they have a responsibility and they do it for a little bit and then they stop doing it and then the, the, the dog's not gonna if he doesn't get fed he's gonna get angry and he's he, or
1: he's gonna die he's gonna die right. yeah and so
0: the parents then just they feed the just dog. start
1: feeding the dog i've actually recently just heard someone just messaged me about yeah. this exact same scenario i must have told you about it yeah but the reality is is in those situations you have to sit your kid down and have a serious talk with them. Yeah. And they have to take care of the animal or you have to get rid of the animal and give it to a home that's going to take care of it and appreciate it.
0: Because what you're teaching them when you do it is your word is worthless. I know that hurts. Your word is worthless.
1: Right, because you've told them to do something and then you're doing it for them instead.
0: And now what did you just train them? If I whine, if I ignore her when she's calling me, and pretend mm-hmm. to be busy yeah. she'll just do it now i know how to get my mom to do what i don't want to do
1: right and i think that there's something that is said for real life consequences yeah we don't want to let an animal die so finding it a good home is the best opportunity and and i think that your kids need to be aware that if they're not going to take care of the animal they're not going to get to have the animal mm-hmm. right and so um it, it, it teaches good responsibility. They can't just get rid of, like parents can't just get rid of their kids. Right. And that's, that. I would go as far as to say that. And some people might go, oh, whoa, that's really intense. Well, you know what? This is courageous parenting. And you have to teach your kids how that specific thing in, in taking care of an animal yeah. is training them for parenthood one yeah. day. That's called vision, yeah. right? Yeah. Gardens are another great way for oh, teaching yeah. work ethic because they have to pull the weeds mm-hmm. or else the weeds will choke out the fruit, Right jurisdictions and contributions to the home. Now, we'll cover this more in the in the next podcast when we talk about chores and allowances and stuff. Um, but jurisdictions is one way to teach work ethic. In our family, we have certain jurisdictions that kids are assigned to. We even give them cool names, don't we, Isaac? Mm-hmm. Like the Fire Lord. Oh, when yeah. we had our wood stove, we would rotate who was the Fire Lord for that year. <laughs> and that kid got to you know start the fires and be in charge of cleaning out the ashes master of the floors that no yeah and doctor Right. So I trained up one of our daughters to be in charge of um, the medicine, different things like that. And I mean, she was old enough and I trained her for over a decade. So everybody called her doctor. But, you know, there there are different things. You can make it creative and fun and giving the kids a special title like that um, where they can take pride in their work, Mm -hmm. but they don't get paid for it because it's a contribution to the whole family. Oh,
0: I never pay them for chores. no. No. And it's a
1: jurisdiction like they need to take care of their things. They need to put their clothes in the laundry. When they get to a certain age, they start, when they're like three, they start helping with the laundry. And then when they get to be like six or seven, they start helping more with the laundry. By the time they're eight or nine, they're doing their own laundry. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's jurisdictions that they have to take care of. And if they don't. There are consequences, right? Yeah. And uh, doing hard things first, that's another great example of how to teach work ethic.
0: Yeah. If they want to do something and they haven't done something else, their floor is dirty or something like that, there is nothing else happening until that floor is clean.
1: Right. And it's the same thing that we, it's actually the same approach we have towards homeschooling, like pick the hardest subject, get it done first, because yeah. it's not like in your head. You don't have to deal with the conviction or the guilt that you Super haven't gotten boring. it done. Um, another one, we have this Tolpen truth. Oh, which there, is, there
0: is the worst word you could say in our family. I mean, it is as bad as the F word. I mean, it is a bad word. Are you guys ready to hear this word? It's I can't. What that is, is it? Is a, what I is can't. it, Isaac?
1: I can't. The word can't. Have you ever heard your kids go, I can't?
0: I tell them that's a swear word. I tell them, you do not use that word in our family. And they have to come up with clever sentences that don't use the word can't. Because can't is not true.
1: difficult. May I have some help, please? That's
0: a good way to say it. (laughs) It's okay for things to be difficult. It's okay to need help. But it's not okay to say I can't.
1: That's right. Because we're talking about integrity here and trying like truly like a lot of times kids say i can't before they even give it a try yeah actually that's what happens right Mm -hmm. and so doing your best is a huge part of yeah. work ethic. And this is one of the verses Isaac's
0: gonna yeah, read. Yeah, it's in Colossians 3.23. So and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the reward of inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. So when they have jobs later outside of your home, while they're still in your home and then beyond, you want them to know who they're working for. And they won't understand that unless they know from the beginning in your home. Like, why are we sweeping the floors? Yeah, because it needs to be clean, but we're doing it unto the Lord. We're doing it in a manner that is glorifying to God. Yeah. That's key.
1: That's right, and it has to be from that motivation. Yeah, It can't be to please mom and dad, otherwise you have performance-based parenting happening in your home. Mm So over and over again, this actually just happened today. That is Colossians 3.23 is just one of those verses that I've had memorized for so many years, because whenever the kids start having a bad attitude, I either bring up Proverbs 10.14, or I talk about Philippians 2.14, which is the do everything without grumbling, complaining. But doing everything as unto the Lord Mm -hmm. is like, hey, are you doing this as if you would do it for God? Because you're supposed to do everything as if you're doing it for God, not mom right right yeah and that's it's a convicting truth that our kids need to have literally drilled into their minds right
0: they should be giving their best always because that's what god expects and they want to please their heavenly father
1: that's right so here's another here's another one okay so maybe you as a parent when you're teaching work ethic you struggle with your kids doing their jobs halfway and then they they just leave yeah. What would we call that, Isaac?
0: It's a halfway Herbert in our house because there's a great book that's called Halfway Herbert.
1: It's by Francis Chan, if you so want to go look it up. You want to get that kids. book
0: because from an early age you mm-hmm. want to identify what a halfway Herbert is and then make sure they understand that they're not to a be a halfway Herbert. And then you can reference that. Hey, so and so, don't be a halfway Herbert on this. Look, you did this job and I see crumbs everywhere, and you're supposed to clean these counters. Yeah. So what are you, what is that? That's a halfway Herbert. That's not who you are. That's not
1: doing things as unto the Lord. God doesn't do things halfway. He didn't make half of a human. He didn't make half of a world. We finish. Tolpins finish finish things
0: because God expects the best from us. And we need to glorify Mm -hmm. Father in the small things. And if he can trust us with the small things, then he can can trust trust us us with with the bigger things.
1: things. You know, what's interesting too is this concept of giving your best doesn't mean that you always complete things and are like doing the best work ever like you're mm. doing your best mm-hmm. but let's just take a contest for example let's say your kids are doing some kind of coloring contest yeah and they do their best mm-hmm. we want to teach our kids to give their best yeah. but they still might not win mm-hmm. and that's okay
0: yeah
1: what is important is that they learn to do their best whether it's doing a coloring contest or whether they're cleaning their room yeah or they're taking care of somebody else's kids i mean this is a big deal instilling the integrity Mm -hmm. into a child the understanding of what god expects of them which is to do what they say and say what they do no no ins and outs on that
0: now this can have financial ramifications in their future if they feel entitled to things they will go into debt because they feel like I, it's normal and I'm not going to live without this thing. So mm-hmm. And so just be aware of that. How are you showing? Are you educating them on the value of things? How much work it takes to get things? I teach my kids how much things cost to provide for the family. Yeah. I don't keep that quiet. We teach them about financial principles. That'll be in the next Episode, so make sure you listen to it. Yeah, but uh, we'll talk more about those kinds of things. Mm-hmm.
1: So we would just encourage you, and we're praying for you guys because we do live in an entitled world, and we want to see. A, I mean, our kids are our future. Yeah, and they're going to be actually developing the politics in the future. Yeah, and so this is kind of a big deal, and all these little examples that we gave you actually will make impact on the way that the world is run in twenty to thirty years from now. Yeah, and so. And I have to say that. I know you might be like, whoa, she's laying it on thick. Yep, I am. And I'm not sorry because this is a big deal.
0: And be careful of their influences because there's a lot of entitled kids out there.
1: See you next time.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program.
1: Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at courageousparenting.com. That's courageousparenting.com.